Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Recently ran across a quote that I opened with this morning. Every life lived until today is a part of history. A simple sentence that can easily be glossed over or it can be pondered to reveal depth and riches. I came across this quote while I was reading historic novels by Ginny Dye. Every life lived until today is a part of history. Now, growing up, history was not my favorite subject at all. I saw it as old, dry, and boring a series of events and dates that needed to be remembered for a test, and then I could forget. But as I've grown older, I no longer have to take those history exams, and so now I begin to see that there's a little bit more to history. It's not as dry, it's not as boring, and it's not just dates. History is the story of people's lives. History reflects the consequences of their choices, and their actions, both good and bad. History is what has given us the world in which we live today, both good and bad. In her novel, she also introduced to me a phrase that she called the Bregdon Principle. Now, Bregdon, that term, comes from the Gaelic, and it is a term for weaving and braiding. As she weaves together her stories around the historical events that led up to, took place during, and after the Civil War, she was also interweaving the lives of multiple, multiple people from all walks of lives, slaves and plantation owners, the KKK and the abolitionist, the rich, the poor, male and female. She wove them all together and highlighting how history is filled with people. That is what she brought out. And she filled and shaped by their choices, the decisions and the consequences. That is what shapes the history for both good and bad. And how every single action that is taken reflects on someone else's life, someone else's decisions, someone else's future, and someone else's Uh, uh, yeah, someone else's future, both good and bad. Now, over the next several weeks, we are going to be exploring this theme of accounting for joy from several different vantage points. We'll sort of be looking at it from up above and from the side, and today I want to look at it from the ground level. The themes are before, now, and soon, looking to the future. God has been writing stories of trial and hope for a long, long time. Stories that are found in the Bible. Stories that are passed down through history. Stories long before we were even born. Today, on this All Saints Day, we will be remembering in just a moment those who have died in this past year and loved ones who have gone before those whose lives have been woven and braided into that braid of life and have most recently become a part of an enormous cloud of witnesses. 
Laurel read that passage for us just a moment ago, reminding us that we are never, ever alone, but that we are surrounded by all of those who have gone before us, enormous cloud of witnesses. It can be easy to get lost in the greats of history and scripture, Moses, Abraham, David, but I want today to begin by grounding ourselves in the words of 1 John 3, 1 through 3. Because today we're going to be looking much closer to home and in our own lives. 1 John 3 begins, Consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It's true. We are his beloved children. And in the same way the world didn't recognize him, the world doesn't recognize us either. My loved ones, we have been adopted into God's family. We are officially God's children now. A full picture of our destiny is not yet clear, but we know this much. When Jesus appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. All those who focus his lives on him and his coming seek to purify themselves just as he is pure. Now, if you've ever talked to someone that was waiting to be adopted or somebody that had been adopted into a family, you know their angst about that waiting period if they were old enough to remember. You know that angst of, will I ever become a part of a real family? Or will I just be a foster, someone that can be passed along and along and along? God has adopted us. We are his. And so this is our story, yours and mine. As we look back before we were born, we see that God is already writing our story. He is already writing about our future. When we feel that we are maybe not good enough to be loved by God, we should remember that God is greater than all of our doubts. Remember that God has indeed selected us to be a part of God's family, not left on the outside where there is, but not left on the outside, but on the very inside, the center. And this is where our hope begins, being called beloved children of God. From the earliest days of our childhood, all of us begin by mimicking our parents our grandparents, and they spend a lot of time in our faces trying to have us say words, mama, dada, no, yes, not no, yes, more, yes, yes, not no, yes. They, we spend a lot of time talking to our children and they pick it up in our facial expresses, expressions, they pick it up in, our, in all that we do. They learn from us how to speak, our mannerisms, our values, our beliefs. Children watch us. They observe adults. And they observe others in their family, in their community as well, as they learn. They learn and they watch how they treat other people. Is there respect for one another? Is there love? Or is there anger? Is there kindness? 
or is there hostility or even abuse? Our children watch and they learn by our actions. Our earliest foundation is in part shaped by the generation and the generation and the generation that has gone before us. And this is part of our history. This we cannot change. And yet, as we grow, each and every one of us, we make choices. We make choices to repeat what we have seen, or we make choices to choose and change what we want and can. And I oftentimes remind people at a time of a funeral, because everybody that dies has both good and bad. It's not always an even thing. Sometimes there's more than one of the other, but we won't get into that. And so I say to people, all that was good, we want to repeat. All, anything that was not so good, let's improve on that. This is your choice, and this is our choice. In Romans 14, beginning in 7, verse 7, it reads, For none of us live for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. And so whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. And so for this very, very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord and both, of both the living and the dead. Now, I want you to think for a moment, who are those people in your life who have been mentors, who have been examples, people that you want to remember, that have inspired your life, that have given you hope. I want you to keep thinking about that. In the gathering place later today or on your drive home or at home today, you'll have the chance to share that with one another. Share those ideas of who has been a role model for you, who has set an example for you to follow, and who has inspired you and given you hope. As I think back on my own life, I think about some very wonderful people early in my life who had tremendous influence on my faith journey. My parents didn't really go to church. They might grudgingly go every once in a while. My mother never went to church when she lived on the farm. It wasn't until she moved into the city that Grandma Hattie began to have an influence. And so it was Grandma Hattie who was faithfully taking me and my brother and sister to Sunday school every Sunday, who taught me how to read from the Bible and gave me my very first Bible when I could memorize the 23rd Psalm. She was instrumental in my faith. And then there was Mrs. Liljergren and Mrs. Hook. Now, Mrs. Hook, we all sort of laughed at her a little bit because she always wore this little derby hat and as kids, we thought that was rather funny. But they were both a part of my early Sunday school years. They took an interest in me, as well as teaching me the Bible stories and giving me a solid, solid foundation in God. They were instrumental in my faith journey. And I think about Pastor Lundell, who I got to know when I was uh, last, last year in high school, early years of college. 
And I was struggling with my life and struggling with my faith. And he encouraged me as he sat with me and listened to my story to let go of the shame that I had carried because my dad was an alcoholic and to take on the love of Christ. And he said to me one day, he says, Diane, why are you going to be a math teacher? You have special gifts, special qualities. You ought to think about Christian education. I had no idea what that was. Absolutely none. But here I am. He inspired me. It changed the course of my life and my career. And then a number of years later, Pastor Hausman, who was an interim pastor with me in Glen Ellen, we were between pastors and he traveled on, because of another job every Monday through Saturday, or Friday, I guess it was. And so Monday through Friday, I was the pastor on call. And so whatever needed to be done, whatever hospital visits needed to happen, I was it. The pastor that retired said, Diane, it's an easy church. Don't worry about it. I'd been there as Christian education. He says, the only time I go to the hospital is if somebody has a baby. Things changed. My first, month, my first two months there, we had five different people in five different hospitals in the, in the Chicagoland area with major, major health issues. Heart valves, the flesh-eating disease, all of and many, many others. And I got thrown into the fire, as they say, as I went down and visited and prayed and say, what am I doing? And I would call him and talk it over with him and he would encourage me and encourage me saying, you can do it, God is with you. And then he said, Diane, you ought to pursue your MDiv. You ought to go for ordination. Another change of course in my life and in my career. There could, there's so many others that I could tell you about that have been so instrumental in my faith journey and my life. These are saints in my mind. These are the ones that have shaped me and grew, grew me. I can think about people that gave me opportunities to serve early in church, as a child, as a, as a, as a teen. They were the ones that sought and saw something in me and challenged me to grow and do more. They were the ones that were role models for me, examples and inspirations in my life, to strive to be more, to do more in the name of God, to grow deeper in my faith, and to seek to be more and more and more like Jesus. Every single life that has been lived until today is a part of that woven braid of history. These are some of the people that are in my braid of history and more. It takes every single story, everyone's story, to create history. Every one of us is added to that woven braid, to the weave of life. We may not think that we have much of an impact. We may think, oh, what can I do? But each and every one of us does have an impact. The question is, what kind of an impact will you have? You can choose to decide how you are going to live your life. You can choose how, to, how you are going to be a model for someone else. You can choose how you want to be a part of somebody else's life. That is your choice. And so again, the question will be, 
as you look back to say, who are those role models, those examples in your life that inspired you and have given you hope? Turn it now. Who are you going to be a role model for? Who are you going to inspire to live into the hope of Jesus Christ? Who are you going to pour your life into and try to make a difference in their own lives? Your life will help determine the course of history for someone else. Someone once told me that legacy is the belief that your story goes on after your life. And each and every one of us has a legacy. It will indeed be our choice of how that legacy will be known. And so again, as you go into the gathering place later today, or as you go home, or as you're sitting at home, be thinking about and being ready to share that story. Who are the role models? How are you modeling after them? And how are you inspiring others so that they might also live a life close to God? Let us pray. Our gracious God, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. Thank you for the people that have been a part of our lives, that we have seen, that have taken interest in us, that have worked with us, that have loved us and nurtured us, that have challenged us. Lord God, you are a wonderful God. And so this day, as we remember those that have gone before us, as we remember those who, or think of those who may come after us, Lord God, continue to work in our own hearts and lives that we might be role models for others in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.